From Cow to Barbecue Wright Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Just an absolutely beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, it's been carried over since, uh, I guess, uh, after late Friday night. And man, it has been so nice. Not as nice as uh, the uh, outcome of the football game we uh, watched on Saturday night. Yeah, Derek, our music this morning, obviously a little bit of a troll there for our uh, Tennessee fans, uh, Tennessee listeners. I don't know if we have any, but our Tennessee listeners, uh, well, this will probably be their last show. So uh, <laughs> we appreciate y'all listening to us for the year that you stay with us. But uh, yeah, you speak of the uh, outcome that was good for Ole Miss fans, but uh, took a little bit of a 20-minute delay. Um, bottles and cans oh. and anything, golf balls and anything you could think of came flying out of the stands on Saturday night, 20-minute uh, delay, uh, but then Ole Miss tried to give it away at the end. Tried to. Um, and Derek, then, you know, at the end of the game, most listeners know what we're talking about. Um, I've played a lot of backyard football, yeah. a lot of backyard football um, as a kid. Uh, had an older brother, played tons of backyard football. I don't know if I've ever ran out of bounds. I've I've always thrown the ball. Throw it in the end zone. Just, just throw, throw it in the end zone. Throw it in the end zone. I mean, literally just throw it up. I mean, and you know. with with the Ole Miss's defense, you had better than a 50-50 chance of catching the ball in the end zone. Well, I don't know if you saw it close enough or not, but as he's running, he glances up at the clock. What was he doing? Well, I mean, of course, by that time he looked, he was probably already past the line of scrimmage. So he'd have thrown exactly. it. Yeah, he'd thrown it. It wouldn't matter anyway because, I mean, like, just, <laughs> as soon as you avoid the rush – throw the ball this was talked about uh, at church on sunday and people were like oh my gosh did you see that ending and everything so yeah 20 minute delay because of people throwing stuff from the stands uh just a wild scene there in knoxville tennessee so we thought we'd start the uh, tuesday morning show with a little bit of a troll song there rocky top which you mentioned to me uh, off air I, I feel like if you are a tennessee fan i think it's a really neat song i think it's a lot of fun if you like Tennessee. If, you like, oh, if, if not, it's a very bad earworm. Correct. Absolutely. It's not a fun song if you don't like Tennessee, but as far as uh, a good chant and that type of stuff, Rocky Top's, uh, you know, it's right up there if you're a Tennessee fan. So, uh, anyway, congratulations to Ole Miss for escaping Knoxville, literally escaping Knoxville <laughs> on uh, Saturday night. To, to Man, I'm on. still recovering from lack of sleep. I mean, you know, that was an 1130 ending. You know, that's a good three hours past my bedtime, and, man, I was like – I'm still it was it was late. Well, you were a little bit busy on Saturday, and we'll talk more about that here in yep. just a second from the word from the weekend. We'll get an update on the Hernando Rotary Brewfest that was Saturday night, which I believe was a huge success. I can't wait to hear about it. But before we talk about our words from the weekend, I want to remind everyone about our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined residential real estate experience. They are the number one residential team for over 12 years in DeSoto County. They have over 25,000 closings in the last 12 years, and they are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. Now is a great time to list your home. If you're considering listing your home or searching for a home anywhere in DeSoto County, you're not going to find a better team than Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need to know your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses in your neighborhood are staying on the market, how long until they close. Close. Brian and Terry have more analytics than anybody out there when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 
1461-SOLD, S-O-L-D, or find more information about them at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. I'll continue to say it. Do not go into this very hot DeSoto County residential market alone. Using a realtor has benefits. Call Brian and Terry today. Again, 662-449-1700. I want to continue to thank our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or really cool high-end smokers, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can find more on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give him a call at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Visit their website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop located in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. Thank you, Malcolm Rochelle, for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Derek on our Tuesday show always starts out with our word from the weekend. You, you mentioned the word to me off the air, and it does have something to do with the Hernando Rotary Brew Fest that happened this weekend. What you got? Matt, my word from the weekend is collaboration. 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 I want to thank uh, everybody in the Rotary Club for helping make uh, the Saturday night just a wonderful event for the city of Hernando. We uh, were able to host a successful brew fest, uh, having absolutely perfect weather that was ordered by the Rotary Club that sure. night. Giamatini. Uh, uh, we did call Gia to get that weather. <laughs> uh, it did not hurt. Uh, it was uh, mid 50s, completely clear. Wind had died down at that point. Just absolutely gorgeous weather. Um, we had about, uh, I would say it was over about 160, over 160 people were in attendance. Um, we had uh, two brewers uh, on site. And then we had the rest were filled in from Clark Beverage and from the craft beer store in Hernando. Uh, were able to provide us, and we we had uh, bartenders that would uh, had studied up on the the beers and were able to kind of talk about them. But uh, just a, a great night. Uh, a, you know, wonderful fundraiser that we have uh, with the money going to the Honduras Water World Mission and to the Vaden Scholarship to two Hernando seniors. So uh, just a, a great showing, great night, a great event. And the, the word collaboration is just for all the uh, the men in the club um, who were able to help out. And just a wonderful night. I want to thank uh, the community for coming out and showing out. Well, I know it was a bad weekend. We did not have TVs. Uh, so people that wa- were either in Starville or wanted to watch the, the state uh, Alabama game or the Ole Miss Tennessee game, they they may not have come because of that, which is perfectly understandable. Uh, but that was still we still had a 160 people even with that going on. Uh, next year, you know, it was kind of hamstrung because of uh, you know certain situations that people had that we could. This was the best weekend. Next year, I think we'll be able to pick a better weekend. Look at home games. Look at bye weeks. Plus, we're going to start working with brewers. We now have a connection where I do expect eight to ten brewers from Memphis to be down here next year without any problem, uh, as long as we don't pick the third weekend in Memphis. Excuse me, the third weekend in October, which is also the Memphis Brewfest, which is what happened this year. But again, that was outside of our control. So uh, anyway, I just think uh, I want to thank everybody. And uh, again, and so that's why my word for the weekend is collaboration. Collaboration. Great job by the men and women of the Rotary Club. Derek, tell me, do you have an estimate maybe on how much y'all raised? Right now, Matt, we're looking right at, uh, it looks like a net of $5,000. Okay. Which I think was kind of y'all's goal. Five that's grand kind of was going to be And good, we yeah. could have been a little more. Uh, we uh, 
estimated a little high on uh, some of the beer. Uh, we probably could have done, maybe saved a couple hundred dollars there. But other than that, I mean, again, I would rather have too much beer than too little beer and run out. Sure. Uh, so that was uh, you know a little bit of that. But next year, if we have more donations from the breweries, we can cut back a little on the cost. I would love to do six plus, but right now we're looking, it's going to be the bottom line right at $5,000. And Derek, uh, you mentioned something about the Hernando Rotary Club, the Vaden Scholarship for two seniors in Hernando. Now, look, they don't have to go to Hernando High School. Mm-hmm. They just have to live in the zip code of 38632 or the Nesbit zip code, I assume. 38651. Right. If it's considered Nesbit, the part of Nesbit that would be annexed by Hernando. That's gotcha. Correct. So if you have a senior, that's definitely a scholarship, $1,000 scholarship. So there's two given out, but that's an opportunity for you. If you have a senior, maybe they don't attend Hernando High School, or as long as they live in this zip code, live in Hernando, they are available. That scholarship is a possibility to apply. And Derek and I will probably have more information about other scholarships, uh, Crew of Hernando scholarships. And I think we have some of our sponsors that give away scholarships as well. So we'll definitely talk about that uh, come up in the spring. So good job by the Rotary Club, raising around $5,000 for more multiple charities there well Derek my word is going to be pretty simple it's going to be a kind of a phrase dive in and dive I'll, in dive in so let me tell you what I mean by that had the pleasure of going down to Delta State University down to their uh, natatorium down at the, on in Cleveland with very nice natatorium and for most listeners if you don't know what a natatorium is it's simply a indoor pool Olympic sized mm-hmm. pool or or that type stuff where, where swim teams can swim Hannah Grace mentioned it on her interview uh, on Friday that she would be swimming in her last swim meet so I had an opportunity to go down there she she uh, qualified for north half along with our good friend mr brian carter's daughter uh anna claire was also part of the same event so we went down there got a chance to see those young ladies swim for the last time and the reason my word is dive in is this hannah grace had never been a swimmer has had never thought about uh, swimming uh but she signed up decided to try out she loved the swim team had an absolute blast the last three years she made really really good friends i read a post from her yesterday morning that was very touching very uh actually kind of emotional to sit there and read because she just had so many friends from the swim team so many fun experiences if you don't have an opportunity to go into the pool you have to do what's called dry lands so they would still have to go and run run stadiums mm. in 105 110 degree heat yeah. just like if they were playing one of the big sports you know so she she got to know kids and and you know a lot of times these kids aren't they're not the star football player, the star baseball player, or anything like that. So they, they were able to um, really create a friendship and create a group of people going through something. So my word being dive in means this. If you can hear my voice and you have a child that's maybe a 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grader, it doesn't matter, all the way up to being a senior, and he or she is looking for something to do, I highly recommend possibly the swim team, but I'm not only talking about the swim team. If they want to play tennis, give it a shot. If they want to play the piano, give it a shot. If they want to join choir, give it a shot. My word is dive in, which simply means don't be afraid. Jump in with both feet and, um, you know, try something. And that's that goes for the adults that are listening, too. If you want to take piano lessons and you're 65 years old, hey, there's nothing stopping you. Please give it a shot. If you don't enjoy it, you can try something else. But definitely, definitely want to encourage our listeners to uh, give it a shot. Don't be afraid. You may come away with a wonderful experience. You may come away with just some lifelong friends. So kids, teenagers, if you're listening to my voice, if you're thinking about doing something, look, if you can't snap your fingers, don't try out for the dance team, okay? I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. You know, don't, if you, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you don't have the rhythm, maybe dance team's not for you, but maybe something in the theater department is. You can do some stuff with the uh, behind-the-scenes thing. Maybe you have a good – you can draw real well. Look, jump into the theater department. Maybe you could be a part of the crew and that type stuff. Simply put, 
dive in, jump in. You will not regret putting yourself out there just like Hannah Grace did on the swim team and came away with years and years of memorable experiences. And she, Derek, the other day she actually swam a personal best. We're very proud of her. Uh, she and Anna Claire both swam the fastest that ever swam. Uh, they hustled it down there, had a great time, both of them. Obviously they were in, you know, they weren't, one of the top ones that can move on to state or whatever, but uh, really, really proud of them for putting themselves out there. And again, my word's going to be dive in. So I want to encourage everyone to do that. Well, speaking of diving in, Derek, we know several people on the board of aldermen that took a chance and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to run for city uh, city office. They dove right in and uh, tell us about their meeting that's coming up tonight, the second alderman meeting of Hernando in October. Uh, and the agenda, these are some of the things that we mentioned last week on our podcast, talking about the Planning Commission. We did mention there were two or three things that would be recommended for the uh, Alderman you know, meeting because that's where things are finalized. And so three of those things were carried over, the first being, of course, the final plot approval for Winningham Estate Subdivision. It is going to be 17.28 acres is what it's going to be, 35 residential lots on that acreage with one common open space. The next one is the request for final plot approval for the Renaissance two-lot commercial subdivision. These are the two lots on either side of the road that leads into Renaissance Park. As we mentioned uh, on the Friday show that you know, they have to actually receive the final plat before they can start building. Yes, there has been dirt work done, but you can get a dirt permit before the final plat is done. It will be zone C4. Remember, that was the whole stink about the uh, buffer zone and that they thought the park was also C4. It's not. It was actually R10. Well, these lots are now, well, if approved tonight, will now be formally platted C4 just for the two commercial lots. Uh, the last thing from the Planning Commission was the request to rezone 4.85 acre parcel of land from its current zoning uh, that's R12 to C2. Now this is the southeast corner of Highway 51 and Green Tea Road. So you know what that is, southeast corner. That's going to be you know right there on the corner. That's got some nice trees and that sort of thing. We've heard you know people. There have been rumors about what's coming there. Uh, it's currently right now. It is an R12, so it is a residential subdivision. Now looking to be zoned C2. Obviously, they got something looking at to go. You know, somebody's looking to go there uh, in the commercial aspect. So look for that to come tonight. Um, also. Uh, we move on then to approve an MOU, so a Memorandum of Understanding, agreement for with DeSoto County for the design and construction of a section of Star Landing Road and the mayor to sign. A little interesting because, again, Star Landing Road is, is north, is, you know, I guess the very northern border of Hernando. Actually, don't even know if it quite good. It, it skims up there. So if you know where 51 touches Star Landing Road, there is a sign that says Welcome to Hernando. We are on the south side of that, so it's a very small portion for Hernando, uh, but it is a portion for Hernando that will need to be signed, so the mayor will talk about that tonight. This may have some t talks. I will mention this. There are, is an approval to apply for the U.S. EPA Brownsville Assessment Grant, so this was done before. One of our friends uh, purchased some Brownsville property. It was talked about. Actually, it's where Uncle Bubba's is, and that was uh, done as a Brownsville grant. They're looking to have that reassessed again uh, to, or try to get a grant to use to assess the city for maybe put other potential spots in the city that could have the brownfield assessment put on it. So that's going to be talked about tonight. Then we move on. Now, these are administrative, but I did highlight these because kind of to let people know this is what has to be done once a budget is set. So we are in the new year. We're after October 1st. A lot of things that were in the budget that people may or may not have agreed with are now being purchased. For the police department, the, that includes four new Dodge Chargers, okay. uh, one Dodge Durango, uh, one Ford F-150 and one Ram 1500. Again, all of these were in the budget. Always in the budget. All state budget. contract vehicles and all budgeted items. So that that's done. Then you're going to look at um, the 
Public Works Department are looking to buy a Workmaster tractor, uh, another TS6 tractor, and then the Tiger sidearm boom. Remember, these are the two tractors sure, and the sidearm that they yes. talked about. We went up when we went through the whole budget hearing that was in there. They're now looking to purchase that again, all budgeted items, but they are now actually doing the physical things that we mentioned just two months ago. Moving from there, um, there is a discussion again on the upgrading of the proposed eight-inch water line to the twelve-inch line. There may they may finalize it tonight. They may approve it tonight. It is on there as another discussion item. Right after that, um, there's going to be an authorization for Stephen Pittman to engage in the appropriate attorney, to engage, excuse me, the appropriate attorney for eminent domain of the AWG sewer project. So there are, uh, they have to move the sewer across some, some property lines uh, if there cannot be in a group. Now, they don't think there's going to be an issue getting the proper, uh, you know, the, the owners of that property to sign off on it. However, if there it is, they don't want to be, okay, well, now you're going to fight it for 60 or 90 days. Now we start the eminent domain process. They're going to start the process in conjunction with finalizing the deal with the people. If the deal is finalized, they'll drop the eminent domain request. If it's not finalized, they can't come to an agreement, then the eminent domain has already started and they hadn't lost any time. Okay, sure. So it's a you know kind of a smart move by the city to go ahead and start that. But hopefully, more than likely, it does sound like they'll be able to work things out. Um, and then again, the last couple of things uh, are just uh, some utility adjustments uh, and then a surplus items that need to be sold by the uh, by the city. So uh, that looks like a lot of administrative uh, duties and planning commission uh, items on the agenda tonight. So no executive session called this week, nothing like well, that? Well, it's enlist executive session, but there's nothing specifically outside beside it. They can always call it sure. if they need to, but nothing specifically uh, mentioned on the agenda. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen for uh, serving the city, city clerk, people that have to do the YouTube channels, all that kind of stuff for being there, doing the city's work. We really, really appreciate that you're always going to get a thank you uh, good or bad i mean whatever we have going on we're always going to thank you for serving the city of hernando we really really appreciate it so hopefully nothing will maybe come out of that meeting this is kind of a simple meeting and maybe pretty short we'll see but Derek, th- speaking of something that may be a little bit of a surprise before we get to uh keep work rolling on with our fact of the week and and, and talk of football and volleyball people out in Arca Butler may be a little bit surprised by what's going on out there. Give us a little bit about it. Try and clarify exactly what's going on out in Arca Butler. Some surprises for some of the residents out there. Yeah, this has been a hot topic uh, in the city of the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I found out about it last week when that the Corps of Engineers announced that they would be coming holding a public discussion forum about, you know, flowing easements, flowage easements uh, at Arca Butler and what, you know, so studying it, and of course, uh, I think both of the papers or both of the online papers that we have uh, did a good job covering it. And wanted to make sure everybody understands, and this may not affect you, obviously, if you don't live at Aqua Butler, but if you ever decide that you want to purchase property uh, that borders the the lake or borders any of the, uh, I guess, the, the floodwaters that you know could come from the lake, this is something that you need to make sure that you check uh, and that people that are just now uh, that own the houses now or own the property now are, are now finding out that the Corps of Engineers uh, could potentially, depending on where your, your your land or your house is located, have a flowage easement on your property. Now, what a flowage easement is, is it means that the right is to use another land to overflow, flood, and submerge the lands affected. So, in other words, if for some reason, you know, we're, we're dealing with, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's global warming, whatever it's causing the, uh, you know, the 100-year floods that we've had that now seem to be every two to five years, we, we somebody has a 100-year flood. So because of these floods, because of what the, the dams were built for, uh, you know, back in the uh, late 30s, early 40s, you know, this, the, um, they may have to flood the properties to keep from having to, you know, put it into the river to run to the Mississippi River. And so they're trying to keep it in the dam to keep floodage and, and that sort of thing. They may have to start, you know, taking these properties that border the lake 
and just let the lake get higher to flood them to, or maybe to release them you know, in, in another area. And people were not, did not know that this was, but the, Back when the dam was built in 1943, you said uh, 1943. 1943. So this is not a fact of the week. This not is a fact of the week. Okay, so you know, brief history. Um, the there was a huge flood. Uh, for those of y'all who have not lived here very long, huge flood in 1927 uh, that flooded basically all of the Mississippi Delta into Arkansas, into Louisiana. You know, just the the levee, the the Mississippi River broke what minor levees there were at that time, uh, basically in Benoit, Mississippi. Uh, Mound Bayou area and just flooded everything. And so the, after that, the Corps of Engineers put together what we know as the levee system today. It's basically a three-state-long levee system from Mississippi all the way down to through Louisiana, and including Arkansas and even north of us too, but that's one of the ones that we're, we care about. And they included in that were building four lakes. Now, we all are familiar with that now, whether or not you knew why they were built, Arkabutla, Enid, Sardis, Grenada. Well, that has kept those areas from flooding since 19, well, I guess late 30s, early 40s. So in 1928, they passed a legislation to get this done. By 1943, they had actually, 42, they actually moved the original uh, town of Coldwater one mile south because where the lake sits now is actually where Coldwater used to be. Uh, and so anyway, that's where the, uh, the the lake was put. And since that time, flooding has not been an issue in this area. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have you know neighborhoods flood or that sort of thing, but the, the massive scale of flooding has not happened. Well, when that was done, the Corps took a easement on all the properties surrounding the, the lake. Those, again, it happened in 1943. That's when the easement was put on. Correct. Title checks only go back 35 years. When you buy your house and you say, okay, well, are there any liens? Are there any uh, tax issues or whatever? It only goes back 35 years. And when you look at, when you read it, the attorney will state in there, we can only certify this back 35 years. So, you know, most people feel good about that. If it's a, if it's a plotted or plotted subdivision, you feel pretty good about that because it's probably not been there very long and uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, these lakes, these people are now finding out about it because the Corps of Engineers are making people more aware of it because of everything going on. I mean, we're it seeing may be fires. a possibility. Yeah. Right. We're seeing fires. We're seeing all kinds of you know, uh, floods going on all across the nation, even this year. So that's what it is. And so they're making uh, aware of it. And they've had a meeting last Thursday night. People were obviously were very concerned. Uh, the Corps actually has the ability to tell you what you can and cannot build on those properties. Of course. It can tell you where you can and cannot build on those properties. And if you already have something on the property, didn't get the proper easement, or didn't or the waiver of the easement or whatever or didn't get their permission they're not going to say they're not necessarily going to say tear it down but they can flood it <laughs> so they, they don't care i mean that's right and so yeah. um they get they're, they're going to do what they have to do for the better good or for the larger good right and so that's just that's what it was and so people were very concerned that a lot of people this is brand new to them brand yes, new to me right now i don't have property on Arkansas lake they have a bunch of questions thursday night some of them were answered the u.s corps of engineers they had a representative there some of their questions were answered some of them were not uh they're going to be a lot of discussion and uh so again this is something that came up about two years ago uh kind of been off and on a little discussion but i think that People are now, again, it's been building momentum over the last month or so, as I said, and they, they did come up here. And so people there are concerned. What does that mean? And so we'll see what that holds for the future, you know, the people that, that have that property. Very, very interesting, Derek. I mean, it does make sense. If you go to Sardis, Sardis is extremely non-developed all yep. around. Well, the Corps, yeah, that's The right. Corps of Engineers, that's right. The Corps of Engineers, same same group. Arkabutla, on the other hand, has dozens, if not hundreds of houses all around the lake. 
And so this does kind of make sense. And like you said, it's gotten a little bit more momentum and the core of engineers letting people know that this is a possibility. Again, if they've got to affect 100 homes around Arcabutla to protect 500,000 people downstream Mm -hmm. or something like that, that's just what they're going to do. And so uh, it it's, all very, have, yeah, it's the Yazoo Water Basin is what this is right, called. Sure. And, of course, Arkabutla, the river it's holding back, quote, unquote, is Coldwater River. Yep. That's the one. And, of course, each dam, uh, at, that were, you know, Grenada, each one of them has a separate river that right. they're holding back. Uh, and so this one just happens to be Coldwater River. But it's all part of the Yazoo Basin to keep that that, that 27 disaster, you know, from doing it. And, again, it's all tied in with the levee systems, too. We could have a one-day discussion about right, the levee sure. systems, you know, and what effect it's had on Louisiana, et cetera. But, uh, anyway, that's kind of how it affects us in this area. Well, you know, Derek, if anyone in Arkabutla, anyone right around the Arkabutla Lake is looking or has a project or has something they need outside of their home, it's definitely a perfect time to reach out to Richard Williams from Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Services include leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, new gate and new fence construction. Any project you can think of on the outside of your home or business, call Richard. No job too small, no job too large. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. Richard is a great guy. He is the kind of guy that you want to work with when it comes to these type projects. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his company at Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. You know, Derek, we don't give out birthday shout-outs very often, Mm -hmm. but we are going to give one to Miss Annie Trotter. Little Annie Trotter, two-year-old. Happy birthday, Annie. Happy birthday, Annie. Annie Trotter, uh, two-year-old birthday over the weekend. So, uh, And I speak, of course, candidly about our good friend, Dr. Bryant Trotter, with DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, implants, implant-supported dentures, general dentistry, and now Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast, and you should consider making them yours. You can call them at 429-5239. That's 429-5239 for the DFDC difference. 
Well, as we joked a few moments ago, talking about the Arca Butler Lake, the history of it, uh, the years back in the 30s and 40s, that was not the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Our DeSoto County Fact of the Week every week is brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum, Rob Long and his staff, located right across from Bancorp South on Commerce Street. Rob Long provides us with a weekly Fact of the Week. They're open from 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. That's 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Wonderful exhibits. Rob Long and his staff would love nothing more than to show you all around around the DeSoto County Museum, all the artifacts, all the memorabilia, all the things that make DeSoto County such a wonderful, wonderful place. Derek, the DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week consists of what? Matt, do you know that in Hernando we have maybe some will consider priceless, but definitely very expensive works of art. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. And the courthouse, the murals in the courthouse that we have on, uh, in the Hernando Square, they were painted by the famed watercolorist Alonzo Newton-Wells, who studied in Paris at the turn of the century, and they're valued at about $1.3 million. Hello. They formally hung in the Gayoso Hotel lobby. And so I want to read you something about um, how these were acquired by DeSoto County. In the spring of 52, the Commercial Appeal newspaper of Memphis published a story concerning the sale of the Gayoso Hotel to the Goldsmiths Department Store, which was located next door. The lobby of Gayoso was known was renowned excuse me, for four, five large wall murals depicting the discovery of the Mississippi River. These paintings were 10 feet by 12 feet each. They were said to have been painted in Paris, France. Of course, we just know we just stated that on strips of canvas, which were approximately 30 inches wide. They had been struck, stuck to the walls by an undercoat of thick white paint. And there were also three small, smaller mules attached to the mezzanine balcony in the same lobby. Many people in DeSoto County were aware of these paintings and of their significance in our history. So the Hernando JC sent two of its members to examine the paintings and to see if they could be secured for Hernando. The JCs found that neither hot water or steam had any effect upon the paint or glue, uh, so the paintings had to be pulled from the walls. The paintings were badly chipped along each seam for an area of three to four inches. And then in 1952, the Board of Supervisors approved the placement of the murals and on the walls of the courthouse if there was no cost to the taxpayers. The following month, a countywide group of nine individuals was named as the Hernando de Soto Memorial Committee. The group raised slightly more than $2,000 by public subscriptions. Then it goes on to talk about that uh, Mr. Chisholm, Mr. Sam Chisholm, a native of Indiana who had studied art in Chicago, agreed to restore the paintings and to attach them to the walls of the rotunda and the courthouse. The murals were completed in early 1953, and then Mr. Chisholm returned in 1954 to paint the borders and the tiles. Mr. Chisholm was paid $1,500 for his work. In addition, he was provided his supplies, a place to sleep in the courthouse on a cot, and three meals a day at the Spencer's Cafe. The total cost for all of that restoration was paid by that slightly more than $2,000 that was raised by the public subscription. So, Matt, that is how $1.3 million worth of paintings came to be placed in the Hernando Courthouse. We couldn't get him a nicer place than just a cot. I know, the- poor guy. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, we got $2,000. We, we can pay for everything, yeah. but you got to sleep here. Right. You got to sleep. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it could get started early. You know, work late, get started early. Well, that's very neat, and they're still there today. So if yeah. you're interested, go take a look. Learn from our Fact of the Week. Thank you, Rob Long, for another great Fact of the Week. We really appreciate that. Derek, I'm going to get through there. Whenever they're doing the music on the square, you can use the restroom. You can use so the restroom. So that might be. Yeah. I, I don't frequent our courthouse as much as some others. Maybe you know, maybe a lot of our listeners don't frequent the courthouse. But uh, Well, hopefully, you know. if, if you do, it's for you know maybe to do something with – you know, tax purposes or something like that. Um, yeah, or maybe getting a, a marriage license, some type of license. Okay, uh, but not not for what's upstairs, which is where the murals are. They're all they're okay, on the you rotunda. You got to go upstairs on the okay. second floor where the courtrooms are.
anymore. Uh, now I think there's also a courtroom, one courtroom, at least one downstairs, but uh, the, the main courtroom upstairs. So yes, if you do have to go there for any reason, I hope it's you know not for you. Um, but anyway, if it is, uh, you will see the beautiful murals that are on the walls. Over a million dollars worth of art on our walls at the courthouse right here in DeSoto County. That's right. Really, really neat. Thank you for the information, Rob Long. We really appreciate our DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Get over to the DeSoto County Museum as soon as you can. Nine to five, Tuesday through Saturday, right there on Commerce Street. Just an absolute gem here in Hernando. We really, really appreciate you, Rob, and your team. I prefer to stay outside the courthouse, just kind of around <laughs> the grounds. And that's kind of a perfect place for... Our continued sponsor, the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh local experience. For more information, contact Gia Matheny at 449-9092. That's 449-9092. The Hernando Farmer's Market will be a very, very busy part of the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas coming up pretty soon. Hernando Farmer's Market will end Saturday, October 30th, but... They will have a special one in November on November 7th coming up, and that'll be part of the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas. So please look forward to that event. We thank you so much to the Hernando Farmers Market for being a sponsor of the UTW podcast. We congratulate you on a wonderful, wonderful year. Nearly $400,000 in sales, which includes sales tax, which benefits our wonderful city here in the city of Hernando. Over 70 vendors since April have been a part of the Hernando Farmers Market. Get out there while you still can. Hernando Farmers Market, 8 a.m to 1 p.m. every Saturday morning on the historic Hernando Square. The secret is out. North Point Christian is Soto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their first Sunday open house of the year on November 7th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Last week, you got a text that Mr. Sam Lauderdale's great aunt was involved in the 1915 fact of the week that you gave. I guarantee you he had some family that was involved in the 1927 great flood. Mm -hmm. It would would have been south of here, but they probably knew some. Right. But certainly going to have some information on the uh, 1943, 1942 that you just talked about. Because Mr. Sam Lauderdale and his family have been around a a long, long time here in Hernando. And we continue to thank Mr. Sam for being a sponsor. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Mr. Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for auto, life, home, or your business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, 
Angie or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Again, Mr. Sam, we thank you for your continued support of the UTW podcast. Derek, as we mentioned last week, no more public school teams that we cover are left on the vo- in the volleyball ranks. However, the North Point Lady Trojans had a big victory on Saturday to lead them to possibly a future state title. Tell us all about it. North Point took on Grace Knoxville this past Saturday in the second round of the state tournament. It was a huge home crowd and a huge advantage to the Trojans since Grace had to travel six hours for the match. Uh, the match never was closed with the final set scores being 25-14, 25-12, and 25-15. Top performers uh, for the Trojans, uh, Lady Trojans, were Briley Faith Cherry with nine kills and six blocks. Quinn Thurman served four aces. Sophie Bauer uh, with 35 assists. And Sailor Cole had 17 digs. The Lady Trojans are now, today, uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where they will join Battleground Academy of Franklin, Notre Dame out of Chattanooga, and Concord Christian of Knoxville in the Final Four of the state tournament. The semifinal games start today with North Point taking on Battleground Academy at 11.30 a.m. this morning. So literally, you probably may be listening to this podcast and, uh, and their game, well, their match will be starting. Uh, it is a double elimination tournament. If they lose, they will turn around and play at 1.30 today. Uh, if they win, they do go to tomorrow. So they, they don't play again until tomorrow. So it is kind of a double elimination thing. You gotta, if, you, if you don't do well one chance, you can come back and do a better, better job. Yeah, you can, so but you would have to you know, obviously win one more game sure. than whoever stays in the winner's bracket to win the whole awesome. thing. Awesome. Yeah, cool. uh, so anyway, so, we, uh, so again, the UTW Podcast wishes good luck to the Lady Trojans in their 11.30 a.m. match this morning. Absolutely. Good luck to the Lady Trojans. Just a heck of a good job. Wonderful season already. Uh, I like the idea they're having a double elimination versus just we travel all the way over there and then you know lose one time and boom, you're done. So good luck to all the young ladies there. Uh, we'll, we look forward to updating maybe a state title on Friday. Man, Hopefully so. and maybe a state title. That would be really, really neat. So good luck, Lady Trojans. Well, Derek, uh, speaking of uh, state title, um, didn't happen the other night for the North Point Trojans <laughs> by any stretch. However, uh, again, I continue to compliment you. Your Twitter game is really, really good. Look up North Point Christian School on Twitter on Friday nights, and Derek is in charge of the Twitter. He does a really, really good job. Took on the ECS Eagles. I predicted a two-point win. That didn't happen, but, man, I'm really, really proud of the North Point Trojans, especially number 62, the center, Bo Big Lane. Tell us all about that game from Friday night. All right, well, I do appreciate your, your optimism for the, for the team. Uh, they did travel north of Shelby Farms to take on ECS on Friday night, looking to get another district victory and to secure at least second place for the district. At game time, the cold front decided to come through, delaying the game for an hour. And once the game kicked off, the Trojans got the ball first and were driving down the field, but the ball went through the wide receiver's hands and was picked off. Literally, beautiful pass, just, I mean, the ball was slick. And it went right through the hands. ECS took advantage of that turnover and drove half the field for a score and went up 6 nothing after they fumbled the extra point. So, again, there was some issues with, with you know, kind of uh, hanging on to the ball. North Point answered on the next drive with a 73-yard touchdown pass from Jack Patterson to Darius Naylor to take a 7-6 lead. ECS then went up 20-7, to so they had back-to-back scores, but North Point responded with a 51-yard touchdown pass from Jack Patterson to Jackson Thomason to make it 20-14. to ECS then scored uh, after another Trojans interception, and then again right before the half to take a 33-14 lead into halftime. In the third quarter, the Trojans' defense stepped up, but so did the wind, and there was no scoring. 
In the fourth quarter, the Trojans scored another touchdown on a Thomas and 35-yard run to pull within 33-21 and were driving again late in the game but lost a fumble trying to gain extra yards. The defense did not give up a point in the second half, but the score ended 33-21 ECS, handing the Trojans their first district loss. It is hard to win a game when your turnover margin is minus three and the Trojans saw their chance to take second place side away. For the game, Patterson was 21-31 for 356 yards with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Thomason led the rushing attack with six carries for 54 yards and one touchdown. Naylor led the wide receivers with 11 receptions for 197 yards and a touchdown. And Thomason uh, also pitched in for four receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. The Trojans followed a 4-4, four 1-1 and four, one and one in district, and play again at home this Friday against Sheffield for senior night and what will be I'm probably pretty much thinking an emotional night for the Big Lane household. Yeah. More than likely travel on the road on the road for the playoffs. Could this possibly be the last? Home yeah. Game? So we do play Lausanne in the last game of the season, uh, the 29th, I guess that is the last Friday. But they have already wrapped up the third spot um, in the district, which again the top three teams for all the districts make it to the playoffs. They will travel, but it sounds like this year, and again, this is coming from my son, was verified by one of his friends. I have not talked to the coach, but it sounds like all the playoff games this year are at neutral sites, which is kind of interesting. Okay. And again, I will confirm this in a week or so, but their neutral site would be Vanderbilt Stadium, okay. which is kind of interesting. You know, Which is pretty scary. I, I'm just laughing. The That game will have more people than our Vanderbilt game. Yes, it would be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except that, that Vanderbilt-UConn game, absolutely Right, that is, absolutely that is scary. Well, look, we're going to be cheering on for sure, Derek. Uh, you know, like you said, a tough night, bittersweet night. I mean, you, Bo Bigland has had a, a wonderful time playing for the Trojans. Uh, we covered the game last week for Lewisburg. was not much to talk about. The Friday game, the homecoming. Not for the Patriots. It was for, not. Yeah, not for the Patriots. 42-3 win for the South Panola Tigers. But uh, let's talk about some other Tigers, Derek, as we wrap up our football coverage from last week. The Hernando Tigers had a hard-fought game against another set of cats. What you got? All right, Fernando also traveled on Friday, this time up Getwell to face DeSoto Central, who were tied for the top of the Region 1 6A rankings. With Sal Panola. This game was also delayed one hour due to the weather, but once the weather subsided, the Tigers trailed 7-0 in the first before taking a 14-7 lead into halftime on two Kadarius Bullock five-yard runs, both of which were set up by botched D.C. punts. So, again, the weather, the yep. wet ball, and, of course, that is a, a regular I mean, it's a regular grass field, so I'm sure there was mud in, in, in that also. So uh, those two botched punts led to two five-yard TD runs for the Tigers. DeSoto Central had played you know, pretty good defense and had twice stopped Hernando in the red zone, once at the one-yard line when the Tigers decided to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. The Jaguars came out and scored in the first possession of the second half to pull within 14-13 after missing a two-point conversion and then used a stifling de- defense to pull away for the 27-14 victory. The Tigers fall to 2-6, and 1-3 and three in the district, and will host Horn Lake this Friday. So it seemed to be a struggle offensively for the Tigers. And then, like you said, the botched punts led to the points, that type stuff. 27-14, tough loss for the Hernando Tigers. Two wins, six losses on the season. They'll battle the Horn Lake Eagles. We'll break down that game on our Friday show. Keep your head up, Tigers, and we'll keep pulling for you here at the UTW Podcast. You know, the season's it's kind of hard to believe the season's starting to wind down. And there two sure. more regular season weeks. It's just crazy. Man, it's just hard to believe. It's kind of hard to, you know, we were so happy for football, and now it's, you know, seven, eight weeks later, here we are starting, uh, beginning to wrap up. Well, look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you hear our voice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing and help us continue to move up when it comes to local podcasts. 
If you enjoy our show, you'll definitely enjoy OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch, two gentlemen that cover the eastern side of DeSoto County, Center Hill, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg. OB Pod. Wonderful show. Look it up. Well, Derek, look forward to breaking down the Auburn Mini with you on Friday and talking more about the big football games coming up. Hope you have a wonderful week and come back and join us on our Friday show. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.